So as I would release, as I would transmute, then the broader answers from with that were trapped within the pain would suddenly start to flow. And I'd go, ah, I, I, now I get it, you know, through floods of tears and sweating and burning. Welcome to Supernormalize, the podcast where we challenge the conventional, break boundaries, and normalize the supernatural. Join me, CJ, as we explore uncharted realms of existence and unravel the mysteries of our universe. If you have an unusual knowledge or a unique story to share, reach out to me at supernormalized at proton.me. Let's make the supernatural the new normal. Today on Supernormalize, we welcome Antonia. Antonia's journey of accelerated transformation began in 2006 when she discovered her ability to release lifetimes of pain within herself. Now she helps others dissolve ancient trauma stories and raise their vibrations by facing the truth of their pain. Antonia combines Western therapeutic approaches with metaphysical transmutation to integrate hidden suffering into the whole. Through individual sessions, online modules, workshops and retreats, she guides people towards deeper levels of awareness and understanding. And her ultimate goal is to prepare healers, seekers, and psychonauts for a collective wave of healing as our ancient traumas resurface on our path to a new reality. This is her passion and her destiny. Before we start today, I just want to say that if you enjoy audio journeying with me, the best way to support Supernormalize is to help me reach more curious minds like yours. So, dear listener, I personally invite you to open your podcast app right now and hit up that five-star rating and let the algorithms know that this is a conversation worth spreading so you can tell the world and your friends how much you love the show. On to the show. Um, <laughs> so I'll say welcome to Supernormalized. Anton, do you actually prefer Antonia or, or Tony? Um, probably because the book's coming out, they're going to identify Antonia with the An book. Antonia, so. okay. If you could do both, that'd be good. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Welcome to the show, Antonia. And Antonia. Thank you, Antonia. Yeah. Antonia. Okay. So uh, you have quite an interesting story. You've actually did a bit of a journey of accelerated transformation, um, and it started in 2006. How did that all start for you? was rather spontaneous actually I uh, it came out of nowhere and I I think I can recall just a moment sitting at work thinking um I shouldn't be here like my life's not as it should be and then over the years it just it uh, it went crazy mm -hmm. and it was it was just this um very spontaneous surge of change and what I soon understood as energy and uh what we could call healing et cetera, that just unfolded. And I had no idea. I had no idea what was going on. I came from community health and health promotion and academia. So this was right out of left field. 
Wow. Okay. So it's more like a uh, um, uninvited but necessary initiation process into a new life. Yeah, I I'm not sure if if this human here didn't invite it. Somebody uh, something else in me invited it and planned it and decided that that was the right time for mm. this to be this particular trajectory to open up and be launched. Right. Well, what was going on in your life at the time that uh, if you'd like to go into that to give a bit of a framework around it, uh, which, which might have been the triggers for your launch? It might have been what? What, what might have been the triggers for your launch triggered. at that time? Yeah, I think there was. it was going on as I soon discovered it shouldn't have been. Like I had spent years and years collecting degrees at university, right? Trying mm. to learn myself into an expertise. I was very, you know, committed to my political stance, right? I was very committed to mm, social action and civil rights and community health and international development, which is one of my graduate degrees. And then I was working at a community health center in the city and uh, trying to do what I do, which is help people who are looking for help, want help, seeking help, trying to find ways of making the world a better place. And it suddenly um, kind of hit me that my whole journey went from working out there to working within, within my own body, the, the work started to launch. So there was nothing in particular, no change of thought, no change of direction, but just a launching of energy that happened that was almost, that was um, almost uncontrollable. Mm, you were doing anything like meditation or heavy exercise at the time, nothing like that? Nothing, unfortunately, nothing at all. Uh, and I hear this not, not too uncommon. I wish I could say, just do this, but (laughs) do this and and everything will start to go. But I think that, that there is sometimes we um, need just to pay attention and there's a launch that happens and we, we just follow the launch and that's kind of what happened. Okay. Okay. It was accelerated. Like I was told this was really fast. I was kind of behind. In fact, this was something that happened on my life path that I was behind already. So it was really speeding up and therefore very noticeable how fast changes came and processes changed and my very strange, strange process of healing. Oh, okay. So you notice the changes happening fast. Did it seem like a bulk of synchronicities and um, information? I mean, how did that play out for you? All of the above. I mean, uh, which I didn't understand. I'd never heard of it before, but it was synchronicities, people coming in and having conversations about things, quote unquote, spirituality. And um, I, you know, walking by a bookstore and having to have this weird book that I never imagined myself owning before. (laughs) I remember walking a book fair and standing in front of this uh, yoga booth and pulling up books on Kundalini. And I'd never even heard the word before, but I had to take them home. Um, I had my first dream instructing me to study Ayurveda, you know, and I'd never even heard the word before. So it was, yeah, it was lots and lots of weirdness. Uh, I remember going hiking for five days. And when I got back, I compulsively, my my toes nails were falling off and my feet were bleeding, but I had to get to the local park to go walk at 530 every morning. It was necessary for an hour and a half. And in that park, just the magic kept going. In fact, it increased. So it was, these were, and then that's when I started to compulsively meditate. It was like necessary. Wow. Okay. So you were grabbed by the collar by some sort of spiritual force and compelled towards change. Yeah, Every day, every day. And of course, there's my logical mind going, you know, 
you're really insane, right? And make sure you don't tell anybody this because they'll think you're insane. So it was this, you know, this knowing and trusting that was really intention with this. This, there's no possible way this could be real. You've been taught all your life that this is these are amusing things that happen. This this is just not reality. Get yourself grounded. And yet there was it was I was still pulled along, but with just lots of doubt and terror. So yeah. I don't know. By the sound of it, it does actually sound like it was trying to drag you into being grounded in a different way, though. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and yeah, it was a dragging, and it was. I mean, and that's what. When it, the 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 grounding started to happen, when I started to spontaneously release a pain, uh. and I recognized that every time I release pain, I got a little bit closer to, oh, everything's actually okay. Uh, so it's like right. onion layers peeling away each time. It wasn't like that's precisely what it has been and continues to be to this day. Layers and layers, and I would say hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of layers of just pain. And mm -hmm. I could say that, you know, the first few years maybe would have been my life stuff I can recognize. And then after that stuff that was just not recognizable, like horrors that had me passing out because it was so awful and Ooh. had me seizures because my body was, you know, really struggling to move both the pain and the energy through, but just mm -hmm. constantly, constantly these traumas moving through my body, physical, mm -hmm. primarily emotional, you know, fed by energetic when you were going through the releasing of those energies, which were trauma, um, yeah. did you recognize those events around that trauma? And did you actually recognize them differently as trauma? Uh, I didn't recognize any of the events around. I could just feel oh. the essence of it. Oh, okay. Yeah. There was no, you know, a lot of people can see stuff. I see nothing, but I feel everything. So I mm. could feel the essence of the event. And so the my being would be overwhelmed with the fear, the loss, the rage, the feelings of betrayal, the terror, mm. those things. And, and they would be sometimes distinguishable. And sometimes it was just a body moving terror through. But there were no events that were attached to it. Yeah, right. Uh, the reason why yeah. I ask that is because I've actually had an experience myself with a bit of trauma being released and um, when it happened for me at the time, I was um, compelled to lay on the floor and shake like a leaf. Um, and it felt like I was on fire on all through all of my cells at exactly this. But as it was happening, as I was burning up and going through that, um, I had visions of how I had sold out on myself and how I had given up on my own life path to please others. And um, for oh, me, beautiful. yeah, and it was, it was massively releasing and also very, intense to go through but um they prompted me to ask that question because i thought maybe that happened for you as well so yeah well i think i do experience i mean what led to what we're going to talk about is this sort of the writings that came out of it was while i wouldn't mm. have visions of what it was about eventually what did come out was what it was not not the events that caused it but what the wound was really about as far as a life learning right so you know, I'd release the terror and recognize, oh, this is why this terror exists in me and why I needed to experience it, or just to come to understand what the what the function of pain in our bodies is about, or come to see, you know, why we need, for example, why self-love is so fundamentally important on this process or what energy. So as I would release, as I would transmute, 
then the broader answers from with that were trapped within the pain would suddenly start to flow. And I'd go, ah, I, I, now I get it, you know, through floods of tears and sweating and burning, same thing. Suddenly it was a aha, big, um, enormous aha moments. Yes, yes, yes. All right. Okay. Okay. So it, it, it did have similar sort of expression. That's interesting. Exactly. Yeah. Very mm. similar. Mm. Very similar. So, yeah, but you know, daily, almost daily, this would be happening. Oh wow, that's that's intense. I mean, uh, there's there's a book written about these sort of things, and it's called um, "Spiritual Emergence" by Stanislav Grof and Christina Grof. And um, it sounds yeah. you've read it, okay? Yeah. So no, that's, that's, it's on the list. Yeah, no, it's on the list. Okay. Well, you'd probably enjoy that book. It's actually a really good book about those sort of processes. So um, Christina went through that sort of experience for a period of thirteen years, um, being struck down by the by the amount of. Uh, uh, expression of that energy that uh, she couldn't even do things and and, and live life at all and, and uh, um, her her uh, husband which happened to be also her therapist um, took her all the way through that so yeah that's that's it's wild you went through that yourself and still going through it still, still going, going through, through it yeah, yeah okay okay so what have you discovered about yourself during all of this time that you've been going through this? I mean, what have you discovered? I mean, you've, you've obviously had some massive changes. Well, absolutely everything. I mean, I would say that I didn't know who I was. Uh -huh. um, yeah, because, uh, you know, and I don't think any of us do, which is what I'd like to propose. We don't because we're so buried under this, these, this myth of all of these traumas, this terror, right? Um, so, you know, I really... Uh, started to, and I still don't think I do. Like, I still think we're peeling off layers <laughs> and trying to really get to what is going on in there. But um, I, I think what I, I found out that I'm, I'm not anywhere near what my mind told me I was nothing. Mm. And that there are layers and layers and layers of stories that are sitting in this body. And that underneath that is a whole other reality that my mind still, because it's connected to this reality, doesn't comprehend it yet. But there's a whole other experience under there. And thankfully, that experience is so profoundly connected to compassion and love and um, connectedness and generosity um, and uh, in service to others and the whole that, that I found out that that's really who I am in essence and that everything else was something that I needed to experience here in order to even expand on those things. Mm -hmm. Okay. Okay. So uh, throughout all this, it's actually forming a new personality, forming a new uh, way of being and also uh, guiding you to assist others. How did that start to emerge for you? And, uh, and then what sort of work did you do with people? Uh, great question. So I mentioned, so there were two things that happened sort of in confluence within a year of each other. And one was I set my very first boundary in my career. And I recognized that I was working in what I finally identified as a toxic environment. And it, it struck me after I'd been about two years in this process, I don't have to do this. I do not have to live this, right? It's a beautiful thing. When we mm. first start setting our nose up, right? This is yes. not my reality. Exactly. And so I put in my notice and walked out of the building. And uh, within a couple months, being both nervous and trusting at the same time, I ended up you know, going back to university and studying a counseling psychology. 
And so I went right into working on the international level, trying to fix everybody into now recognizing that I can sit one-on-one with people because I'd done enough work on myself to be able to sit with other people's pain and not freak out and not collapse with too much you know, empathy or own their pain that I was able to work one-on-one. Now, at the same time, I'd had my one and only dream where in the middle of the dream, there was a woman in the circle of people sitting in like office chairs. And I was standing on the outside and she turns around and she says to me, Ayurveda. And I said, what? And she says again, Ayurveda. And I said, "Okay." And I woke up and I was shaking and I was crying. And I went over to the computer at six o'clock in the morning and I wrote it, put it in the computer and I spelled it all wrong because I'd never heard the word before. And the only school of Ayurveda in all of Canada was four subway stops away. Ah, wow. (laughs) And so once again, scared and but trusting, I went over there and snooped around and said, so what do you guys do? What's Ayurveda about? And I started an introductory course and then started to take that. And Ayurveda is a beautiful ancient healing wisdom. And so eventually within a year or so, I I launched a practice of both psychotherapy and Ayurveda. And then with a year of sitting in front of people one-on-one, I began to recognize that I work with people, not just psycho-emotionally, but energetically. And then that naturally just came out of it. Okay. Okay. So what do you mean when you say by um, uh, the meaning of energetically? So the way I work is some people will call it shamanically or uh, transmutation. Yes. And what I began to recognize is how I work with people is I assist them in seeing or bringing awareness to the stories that they carry in their body. So that means versus believing I am this horrible person, I am the shame, I am this terror, my life is awful, that I actually allow them to see, bring awareness and energy into seeing the story. This is a story. This is a story, an imprint that you're carrying in your body. It is not you. And through conversation and raising the energy, there's sort of a a switch that can be flipped and they bring a seeing. Sometimes they're not even conscious of it, but it's a story. And as soon as they see that story, the energy that we create together then allows that story to literally start to dislodge. Mm. And I can feel it kind of come off their bodies energetically starts to swirl around often it comes through my body which i'm working on and uh who we start to peel off the layers and layers of the stories that they're carrying around in their beings and in their this lifetime right so instead of living the story the story becomes lived and passes on it it, it becomes resolved once you see it and go mm. ah, i recognize you you're you're not me you're not real you're not now you're not present. Mm-hmm. You're a story of some shame, some shame story of I'm not worth it. You're just, a, you're, you're, you're actually don't even exist. And if you don't exist, ah, then maybe I can, I can, we can move this along, which is literally what we do energetically is go, ah, I see this. I've been believing this and therefore I've been playing it out in my life. And once I can bring awareness to it, consciousness to it, then it becomes dissolved. It dissolves itself and moves into the whole. Right, right. Okay, so you're about integration of the whole Correct. at the same time as releasing all of the, uh, what would you say, like control loops that we somehow are born with or get a hold of as of exposure to the world. Yeah, I think uh, that's exactly, I think we um, we integrate a story, a trauma, a wound, and then all of its corresponding stories that we've been clinging to then start to loosen and let go. 
Yeah, right. So breaking contracts that don't serve you, that's good. Exactly. Or it's done its job and now now we're ready to go. And right now where, where I live and most likely where you live, there's a lot of contracts. We, I mean, we don't, most of us in these very privileged part of the world, terror no longer suits us. It doesn't serve us, right? We don't need to be carrying around terror or deep wounds of shame or even abandonment, right? If you don't like who you're with, then go find, you know, 10 more people around the corner that you will align with. But we're carrying around these mm. really ancient, ancient stories of terror and abandonment being terrifying and rejection that now I think it's safe enough to go, oh, I see you. You actually make no sense and have nothing to do with what's going on in this moment anymore. Now we can find a way to bring in extra, you know, a real high frequency to let it go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what's the relationship between feelings, emotions, and uh, our experience of the third dimension? I think that these trapped imprints, these traumas are dense. They take up space. They're really contracted in the physical body, right? We know that pain contracts naturally, right? We see if we see pain in our physical body, the, you know, we're hunched over, the shoulders are hunched over, we're bracing. And I think that through the thousands and thousands of layers of pain that we have in this body from this lifetime, but we also inherit from our ancestors, which we see in current research through epigenetics and intergenerational trauma, that this creates a big sort of calcification of wounds on our physical, energetic, electromagnetic body. I think that's the manifestation of the third dimension in this reality. It's in our bodies. We're, we're holding and hosting a real low reality. And we now, I think, more than ever have an opportunity to start to release ourselves of these really ancient stories of fear and shame and rage uh, from our body. And just by releasing the density from the body, we lift ourselves out of a 3D reality into a higher one. Ooh. But sometimes I think of the body as like a receptor. We're like a, maybe like an antenna or an information storage system of some sorts and we come and inhabit it and live this lived experience. It does sound like that resonates along lines with what you're actually saying there. I, I find that very interesting. Um, so uh, what does it mean to be awakened to all this, you know, uh, and to understand this? I mean, it, obviously it's changed, changed you and it's changing others. Um, what sort of meaning does that have for you? Well, I think in, you know, one of the many or the collect the, the collection of integrations and releases of 3D from my own body, I would say that's the whole reason we're here. I mm. think that coming down to this really sticky, heavy, dense, condensed place and learning that we can take that and turn it into love is the penultimate creative project. <laughs> yes, right. So right. So for me to go and see that much fear and go, whoa, what, who am I going to be and what am I going to create and how much energy am I going to generate when I learn how to turn that fear into love, into consciousness, into compassion, into connection. Mm -hmm. That's the creative project. That's expansion. Look, I've, I've, I've had thoughts about this. I, I'm a bit of a thinker on these things and I've always wondered, what if this universe is just God's self-doubt? Oh, I don't know. Give me a, a week to think about that and I'll get right back to you. See you. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Wow. So, uh, <laughs> and if that, that would be pain, right? And then that would be in us because we're a reflection of the Godhead. I think if it's, 
If I think that there's a lot of potential within doubt. How, if we go from doubt to knowing that that process, that journey is rich. Yeah, that's what I think you're talking about. And I think, I, like personally, I think that's what the, all of this is. So it does. To me, it has a formulation of that, um, and then the expression of that being changed is that step towards love and self-love. Yeah, I mean, I I would use. I, I mean, I wonder if the word you know all of this trauma, which I identify all wounds as a wounds as abandonment wounds. Mm. I'm all alone here. Nobody sees me. Nobody rescued me when they tried to burn me at the stake. Right. These are all abandonment wounds. Yes. Right. Yeah. And uh, it's dangerous to not have somebody like you or love you, which it was a couple hundred years ago. If you were not liked by your husband, it could be it could be lethal. Yes. Those don't exist anymore. But I think that they're still sitting in our programming. But I do think that all of those abandonment wounds are a reflection of our state of separation. That is the state of separation. I'm all alone here is expressed thousands and thousands of times over in our bodies. And that's how we experience the state of separation. And I think that could be parallel to doubt. And um, also doubt could be another formulation of distraction from the truth. Which is another big topic I'd love to explore. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> I love it. Uh, so, okay. Uh, you suggest that we choose to stay in pain. And what does that mean, given that it looks like we spend all of our time to trying to get out of the pain? I mean, that's, yeah. that's a bit of a paradoxical there. Yeah, I don't think we, I I think that that our pain infrastructure, which some call ego or some call pain body, right? Like our totally. I think our ego tries to tell us that it's getting us out of pain, but actually the tail, it tells us, spins us, spins us a tail and puts us right back in the very pain that it's telling us we're getting out of. Right. right. So, yeah. So if we say, you know, let's just do a very typical one in, in a lot of human relationships. If I just control my partner to make sure that they don't talk to anybody else and, and I know who they're seeing and I have get hold of their electronics so that I know that they're not going to leave me. What happens is that, well, number one, they probably will leave you because you're creating such disconnection out of your need for connection. And number two, mm. if they do stay, there's no connection. The connection, the intimacy is not there because you're living, you're existing within fear um, and anger. So, and jealousy, and these are all disconnecting reality. So ego saying control them so that they'll stay close and actually you end up pushing them farther away. Mm -hmm. So we are constantly trying to release ourselves from discomfort, but we have some real, what I think are uh, the ways that we go about doing it are diluted. Mm -hmm. They're part of the ego trap. And so what I think we're trying to go is into a more profound uh, and higher frequency a, a process of releasing ourselves from these stories and these pain. And that's by actually not trying to control it or manage it, but going right into it, mm. going right into the middle of it so that we can see it, bring awareness to it, bring love into it. And so we mine the wisdom out of it more than we ever have before. And I think that's exactly what we're doing now these days. Mm. Mm. Yeah, that makes sense. Right. Okay. So what is ancestral trauma? And what does it have to do with the process of dismantling um, a dimension and an experience of dimension? Yeah, I think we just we talked. You know, I might have uh, sort of circled around that, but I think that 
it's that we're not just carrying trauma from this lifetime. And in mm. fact, most of us trauma from this lifetime, especially in my part of the world, I think are just repeats of trauma that we have inherited from our families. I think that there are imprints that possibly, maybe people probably know more than I would, that we come down and borrow this body for a while so that we can work on the trauma, the pain imprints that have come down through our ancestors into the now, into this body. And so in releasing not just the pain from this lifetime, but the pain from our ancestors' lifetime, which I think is all condensed through space and time in right here, that that we're kind of releasing ourselves out of thousands of years of history of pain, of mm. heaviness, of density, mm, of mm, distraction, mm. of doubt, and of separation. <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah, because we are actually all one all of the time, and, and we never were all not. Correct. That's yeah. what I believe. Yeah, That's what I'm learning. Yeah. 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 I've lived that pretty much my whole life. And the only times that I've ever, ever felt really horrible is when I've forgotten or got it completely distracted. So yeah, that's a good message that you've got there. Exactly. Well, thank you, CJ. <laughs> <laughs> so you're, you've been writing a book or you've written a book, I should say. Uh, and what is the purpose of your book? And uh, what do you have in mind for the reader when uh, writing it? Well, it's much of what we're discussing. I mean, I share a bit about my journey. Uh, of sort of coming to understand the layers of pain that I think we're in and how, especially in North America, we exist in a reality of deep distraction. And so through this book, Dismantling the Third Dimension is the title or D3D as it's become affectionately known as, that it's about how, you know, multiple things. One is that uh, how we live a life in this reality of not seeing that the um that the antidote of that is to find out how to deeply see which is bringing the energy of consciousness and those things that are keeping us from seeing like our profound systems and infrastructures of distraction because i think our entire economy is constructed upon the need and to feed our desire to be distracted from ourselves exactly. and i do think also that the entire journey is within us I started out my career trying to, you know, solve the world's problems. And I recognized that in itself was also a distraction because all of the healing exists and all of my reality exists within my own body. And my wounds have been trying to tell me my reality my entire life. And so when we free ourselves from our wounds in a way that 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 is uh, carries a, a, a deep seeing, a loving and an acceptance that we now shift our reality. And I think that that's where, what we're moving upon. Now, I'm a therapist, so I bring in a lot of the tools that we use in psychotherapy to work with trauma, because I think we're healing trauma, and I think we've just begun. And mm. I think that we're coming up in the next coming decades, if not centuries, of some really profound, accelerated healing and releasing of trauma on this planet. Yeah, so I do think really that knowing how to work with trauma with ourselves and carry each other on how to release instead of carry around and believe deep pains is the next phase on how we can we work with each other in shifting into the next reality uh, you know out of this deep dense third dimension right excellent so i I've, I've read that your goal is to assist healers seekers and psychonauts to get ready for a wave of healing as our collective ancient traumas surface more rapidly and readily on our path to the next reality which is exactly what you've just explained yes. now um 
you've written psychonauts. What do you mean by psychonauts? Because I mean, I know that actually is um, used in uh, the plant medicine sort of community. Um, yeah. Yeah. Do you, what What do you mean with that? So the way I understand psychonauts is people who are who utilize plant medicines and psychedelics mm. in order yes. to find you know uh, non uh, or altered states of consciousness. Yes. So I think that people explore plant medicines for varying reasons. And I think that those that do explore plant medicine, whatever the reason is, that there's a fabulous avenue and channel into uh, into really profound collective healing. Mm. And that uh, to continue to have a conversation on how, if we're going to engage in psychedelics, how do we take advantage of a really deep releasing of pain that's really held within our earth medicines. Yes. So, because I think we can go use earth medicines and not release pain. I think we can use earth medicines and keep distracted. But if we're going to go and really use it as a as a as a tool for deep seeing that I that I believe that they are for many people mm. that that these that uh, the earth medicines can are really an an important part of our our individual and our collective. Uh, expansion. Right. Do you go into any details in your book around um, how people can use those sort of services, or those, those processes? How to use plant, earth medicines, plant medicines? Yeah. Is that how to use them? Yes. How to use them for self-expansion. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I discuss lots of different, what I call consciousness delivery systems, consciousness delivery mechanisms, and plant medicines are one of them. And what mm what uh how i believe that they serve the expansion project and yeah. uh which ones in particular i found are really um uh um really serve the project well and how they're different and mm -hmm. how to navigate them because i think that you know as with everything plant medicines also can in invite some traumas into it to the delivery of so, uh, yeah, I discuss plant medicines and, and they've been an important part of my journey in the last six years, mm. six years. Okay. Yeah. And um, are you open to talking around those plant medicine experiences and what happened for you? Yeah, I actually talk about them. I, I have a podcast where I just put like reflections on and one of them is the, there's a couple there. I think I discuss plant medicine. One of them is Samadhi. Samadhi's out of Mexico. Yeah, that was, I was in it for 37 hours straight, 37 hours of just the onion, the next layer, the next layer, the next layer of the ahas just kept coming and coming and coming. And, and I don't think I ate, this was in Mexico. I have some lovely people that I work with and I, I don't, I think I ate two meals in nine days and I didn't sleep for more than a week because there was so much energy moving through me from Samadhi. Now Samadhi is supposed to be about 30 times more powerful than ayahuasca. Right. Oh, it's very, very powerful. And that was, yeah, that was a, a, a profound, but not an easy, an easy journey. But other ones that I use are Cambo. In fact, I'm doing Cambo training in a few weeks. Right. And um, Ayahuasca and um, Bufo, Harvaria yes. and all. Of them. Yeah. They're all yep. great medicines. Yeah. I've, I've, I've walked that path a bit myself so I can uh... Have you? Attest to yeah. all that. <laughs> yeah, they're fantastic. And I have a hundred different stories for each one of them. And they're all of them are wonderful, different conversations about what what they're here for and what different frequencies that they're providing. Yeah. Yeah, right. Well, I'm curious about your Samadhi experience. I mean, yeah. how how did that play out? I mean, what what uh 
is that a plant or something? I mean, I've never heard of yeah, it. Yeah, I forgot the makeup of it, but yeah, you take it in capsule form. So yeah. it's, yeah, it's a plant. Um, and yeah, I think there's quite a few people that talk about it online. It was, yeah, it was big. It was very uncomfortable. And for many people, you kind of go in and then come out because they hardly, re they hardly recall. Right. So it's all happened. subconscious work. Yeah. Yeah. I think for me, the first time I, I did it, I, it's really interesting because we, I did a, I do this very intense retreat where we do Cambo and then two days later we do ayahuasca and then we do Samadhi and then we do Bufo. And on the night we did ayahuasca, I had such a huge healing. Like they pulled me aside because it was, um, it was an exorcism, which usually most of my life has been an exorcism. And the next day I felt so light and so connected and so loving that when we took the, the capsules for the Samadhi, I thought, well, that's it. There's nothing else to come out. It's going to be great. And then I, I remember my arms, then I was lying on the mattress and my arms opened up like, like I was, I was, a, something was about to come. And I remember then this thought in my head going, I am about to get my ass kicked. Right. And this, almost this um, beige and sand colored woman with, she was almost like a cartoon character, but you could tell it was like sacred geometry. And she's got, it's all, she's like made out of these diamond shapes of sand and she comes floating down over top of me and she, she, her head kind of comes down beside my head and she goes in and I'm, and I'm like, yep, this is it. And whew, I was, I was, I was gone. I was gone. And I remember being woken up once the, the shaman who was there was inside my head telling me in Spanish to breathe, right? That I speed out, I speed mm. out, I speed out. I had stopped breathing. Yes. And then I started to work energetically. And then that's, uh, that was it. They, uh, I don't know what was happening, but they pulled me out, took me over to the grass. And for hours and hours and hours and hours, they were pulling out stuff that I, I had no idea. I had no idea what was going on. And this was like, this was 2018. So there's been a lot of work since then. Yes. Big stuff, horrible stuff, monstrous stuff. And at the end of the night, when everybody was already back in their rooms, mm. I remember them telling me to get up and come over. And then suddenly two of them grabbed me by the arms. And the shaman looked me in the eyes while another one was on the floor with the biggest wand of sage you could possibly imagine. And the smoke was covering the area. The two of them were gripping me so hard and the shaman looked at me and rang this bell and something surged up within me. I started to growl. I was dragging two men across the floor as, as uh, the shaman was looking me in the eyes, smiling, like challenging whatever was coming out of me yes. in some way. And then ugh, I fell, like they, uh, I collapsed and they held me up. And then I stood up again and same thing again, something I think he just rang the bell and some ferocious rage came out of me and I was wrestling with them and the sage where they had this big fan burning all of this sage. And that I think that lasted two minutes and then I collapsed and threw up in a potted plant and they lay me down and I collapsed on a mattress and he looked at me and he said in Spanish, yes, you're entitled to rest now. <laughs> <laughs> I yeah well I that would have been a very extreme experience and uh oh, yeah no. I mean it does sound a lot like you know a regular exorcism but of different sorts um and yeah yeah I big stuff when, big medicine well when when the spirits get inside us um I mean uh obviously this is some sort of uh 
well in in magic they call it skin writing they come in and they actually just jump in and just work through you but um a lot of people don't understand that when you actually have one in you that's very embedded you think you're thinking your own thoughts but they're not your thoughts they're somebody yeah. else's thoughts that's actually yeah. enjoying your life through your body too and um you can boot them out and um when when plant medicines do their work like they did with you that's that's a big boot I'm on the set of that one that was very Absolutely. intense yeah, yeah yeah i think there's a lot of those things floating around but i have a theory that you know those types of entities are like in this reality just concentrated 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 pain that have now taken on agendas wow you mean like they've actually become conscious yeah. In some way, I mean, they can't be conscious because pain is not conscious. Pain is so limited in its awareness, okay. right? Pain only sees itself. That is the nature mm -hmm. of pain. Pain doesn't see anybody else. See, pain only sees itself. That's why the third dimension is such a narcissistic reality, <laughs> right? Okay. Because mm -hmm, it's a thought that I'm working with that actually these are just really, really constant, strong concentrations of, for example, rage that then take on agendas. Yeah. But to have yeah. an agenda, wouldn't that actually be um, a form of consciousness itself? And then, you know, playing yeah, out. Really, yeah, it could be. Yeah. yeah it's like, like, like an egregore. Well, everything's consciousness, right? So it's, yes. just, it's just denser, 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 denser forms of complex organizations yeah. of pain becomes a, some type of consciousness, I guess. Right. And then, yeah. and then going on from that, they want to be alive too. So, yeah. Well, if they got some good light going on, yeah, that's going to. That's right. Awesome. I mean, often, often as we are, you know, start to tune up as um, practitioners or healers, um, or even in our own personal consciousness for ourselves, uh, we become like a lighthouse to a lot of these entities that just uh, fly around and look for someone to hook yeah. onto. And if you've you've got a place that they can grab onto, and it's usually a pain body, that's where they go. Precisely. That's what I'm learning over and over again. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Excellent. Okay. So. Uh, You've written your book and it's out there and it's doing really well, um, as I understand it. What, like, take us through the chapters in the book and what people may understand by reading it. So, I think the beginning of the book is, you know, um, my own journey and really understanding the level of not seeing then that that came through my journey how we're not seeing right as you say if we have entities they're just living our lives and we think those are our thoughts they're not well i think that that's what pain is we're we're living through shame and rage and fear not us and we're not even aware right we're not right exactly so that's where I, what i try and bring focus in is the level of of non-awareness that this reality really is and trying to activate a level of awareness and and then I move through that a, a, a big part of that level of awareness is to stop believing actually what's happening right now. Because what I propose is that if it's not love, then it's not real. It doesn't exist. Mm. Mm. Right? Because if I can have pain here one second and then gone the next, how could that be real? That's yes. got to be some part of some belief system that's committed to it being there. But if I, if I can bring in, if I can bring love in there and go, I see you and suddenly you're not there. Was it ever really there? It's just a construct, which is also part of a beautiful plant medicine experience I had, which none of it's real. I've created all of it. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. That's how and powerful so, you are. <laughs> yeah, I hope so. So, 
That Yeah, that was a lovely Bufo experience. I just woke up laughing hysterically going, wow, joke's on me. There's nothing actually happening. There's nothing happening. All of this, oh, they don't like me shit is just, you know, some story I've created in my own being and, and I'm supposed to, but there's nothing going on. There's nothing happening. Yeah. And so a lot of that is to try, the, the book is to try and discuss the, the, the depth of our unseeing and how to activate a seeing of our stories so that we can release belief in them, shift core beliefs, and then start to release the stories themselves. And mm. so I, I introduced some ways of seeing stories. Like, for example, I discuss how deep ancient pain stories show up in family dynamics or in the right. dynamics mm-hmm, that we've got some that we think, oh, well, you know, blood is thicker than water. And I think actually those are there's a lot of that that are that are egoic traps. 3D traps in there. So, you know, I just dive in a little bit and go, you know, these are things that we've believed in the family, but maybe these are pain traps, right? Um, I discuss pain traps or um, egoic traps in the form of oppression, the oppressor yeah. oppression, you know, the oppressor oppressy type of dynamic of separation that we've been living through. And mm. that, you know, whatever side you're standing on, you bring enough awareness and we can just get out like we're done. I'm not doing that story anymore. I'm not in that mm. reality. Anymore. Yeah. And then I go through, um, you know, what I what I create as a process, five pillars, um, practices of bringing awareness, consciousness, and seeing into the life, into your life, and and also sort of psychotherapeutic processes in order to keep us safe because our bodies feel profoundly unsafe, and we're not creating change until we bring safety in. Mm. So things like boundaries and self-compassion so there's there's some psychotherapeutic processes there's some metaphysical processes and then there's exploring other ways of bringing in like what are the many consciousness delivery systems that are available and growing these days plant medicine is one of them meditation is another i host silent retreats which i think brings in profound seeing Mm. when we meditate in groups over extended period of time i think there's lovely wisdoms that help us see uh, there are more and more people who are working with energy. And while I don't think they should be our healers, I do think they should help bring in seeing, right? Mm-hmm. That is the intention is come bring, can I, can I borrow some of your energy, please? Because I'm having trouble seeing this thing. Can you, yeah. can you come in and help shine some light in here so that I can shift this story and move him to myself? Yes, yes, yes. I mean, people that are have have raised their own vibration often can actually raise those of others around them just by being around them. So it's actually, it's great exactly. working in groups like that because you know if somebody's starting to tune up faster, they pull everyone else up. So, yeah, cool. Exactly, and I think that's why there's more and more of these silent retreats. We're kind of creating a network, a grid, and connecting the dots, right? Of yeah. Of bring each other up. Those who want to, if you don't want to, I'm not here to tell anybody they should do anything, right? This is just yeah. a sharing an offering, not a, not a dictating or saying that everybody should be on this path. But I think that we're those that want to are here to see that we're here to reveal that and share that energy and to assist each other in moving into the next reality. Yeah. Right. The next reality. Yeah, for sure. For sure. So what do you mean by your understanding of the next reality? I have no idea, but I'm really excited to find out. (laughs) (laughs) But really, I don't want to be arrogant enough and I don't have the tools enough to say what's going on. But I do know that it is more loving and more compassionate and more connecting than, than, than my limited mind could possibly comprehend. That I know 
for certain. And that's probably the only thing I know for certain at all. Yeah, that's, that's cool. it. That's cool. That's cool. <laughs> we were actually going through a lot of challenging times. I mean, the last, uh, you know, a couple of years, a uh, few years have been really eye-opening to a lot of people about where they are in the world, what is going on and, um, and how, uh, and how they are in the world as well. I mean, um, that that's changed a lot of people's views of themselves and um, what reality is and what they're here for. Um, and all of us, I mean, I would say collectively, a lot of us, something is coming and and that big change is coming and it's sort of like a massive tidal wave, which is um, on the way and almost about to hit. And um, if, if there was any messages you wanted to pass on to everyone about how to navigate these troubled waters or these changing times, what would you say to people? What's, the, what's a good path for people to take that you could, you think that may help them get through what's what's coming down the, down the pipeline? Well, one that's difficult, which is why I want to keep talking about it with people, is uh, don't believe it. Don't believe it. Don't believe it. No, because this is pain playing out its stories. And when we stop believing it and we see it with profound love and acceptance, all the fear and all the shame and all the rage, and we see it, then we start to transform. We start to uh, rise above it. We start to uh, transcend it. Mm. So don't believe it and love it. And also uh, see it within your own being. We don't need to mm. rescue anybody. The more you go and sit within your own pain, the more you transform the reality around you. So go, don't turn away from whatever's rising. Don't turn away from the fear that's rising. Turn into it and be with it like a mother is with a baby, like a father is with a child. Be with it with compassion so that we can uh, bring it safety as I think we're moving through what's going to be, if we're not positioning ourselves, grounding ourselves in a lot of love and a lot of compassion uh, that is going to be challenging times, we need to hold ourselves with great, great love but also not believing it. It's like a child who falls down from the bike for the first time and their knee is bloody. They're screaming Armageddon. They think the world is ending. And if every parent believed that in their child, we would be in Armageddon. But we can't, right? If a child falls down and they experience their first bloody knee, we are very present. We don't believe the story of Armageddon coming out of them. We give them um, a deep seeing. I see you. This is difficult. I love you. You're fine. Good job. Mm -hmm. That I think is the energy that we need to bring to ourselves as I believe that difficult times may be coming, but I do believe the difficult time is within our own beings, not necessarily what's going on out there. Mm. So it's better to um, flow with the changes rather than struggle with the changes. Yeah. In fact, even love it like great. Love the job. changes. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, I think that there's a lot of stuff floating to the surface and we want to love it as it's on its way going, as it's leaving, as it's exiting. Mm, mm, mm. Recognize it and let it go. That's good. Yes. Mm -hmm. mm, mm. Yeah. From a heart space, not from a mind space, from a heart space. Yeah. Now, is there any questions or anything that I didn't cover in our discussion today that you'd like to mention? No. no? CJ, oh. what a lovely conversation. <laughs> Yeah, for sure. <laughs> it's been good. <laughs> Lots of fun. Lots of fun, for sure. So I, 
how do people find you? And um, I mean, I will actually provide all the links to all of your content and your book um, at the on the show notes. Um, but you might as well mention audio, audially as well. Um, how do people find you, and um, what can they what can you do for them? Thanks for asking. Very kind of you. So you can find me on the website tribe to collective.com, one word. And on that, you'll find the book, but you can get the book. You can order it in any bookstore and also get it online, Amazon. There's also like a link to a podcast, which is just reflections, like I think a dozen and a half reflections. And there's also this module series, video and audio series of just more reflections, trying to activate the seeing and, mm. and discuss the pro this process of transformation. And yeah, other services that I do, I, I'm uh, fully booked to see one-on-one -on -one until 2024, but there's more retreats coming up as I'm looking to move out of this very dense place where I live right now and move over to the Pacific Ocean and start to set up space to do retreats out there so stay posted and if you want if you're interested in joining because i love to teach groups we really raise frequencies and create lots of change in fact the last group i did uh, was like plant medicine without the plant medicine it was beautiful healing that happened the shifts were uh, glorious so i love to work in groups so if you're interested then just leave your name and i will get in touch with anybody in the future brilliant brilliant okay it sounds like you're going through your ongoing change and uh, you're moving away from that area to a more, uh, would you, what, what, is that more like a um, a rural sort of area? No, well, where I'm right now? I oh, know, where are you going to? Uh, I don't know, somewhere along the Pacific. It's not going to be rural, but be quiet. But it's the, anywhere along the Pacific South, my, energetically is just uh, so much easier so yes. much easier stuff yeah. just moves off instead of it being like you know catastrophic seizures which is what i have <laughs> down there it's just like you know it just kind of floats yeah. through whatever the story is mine and anybody else that i work with so that's where i'm hoping to be working is probably mexico along the coast there the energy down there is uh glorious just glorious so easy excellent excellent it's been a treat talking to you, Antonia, and I um, really have appreciated all of our conversation and uh, the angles that you've you've um, found in life for people to um, evolve through their uh, distraction and trauma. And uh, yeah, uh, all power to you. I think you're doing some great work there. DJ, you're so lovely. You're a beautiful light. Thank you very much for walking this hour with me. It's just it's been delightful. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, I'll, I'll I'll say bye for now, and um, yeah, we'll we'll talk again in the future, hopefully. All right. Look forward to it. Oh, as you could hear, it was a very engaging conversation there with Antonia, and for myself, it made me realize that uh, trauma and distraction maybe are very closely related and that maybe trauma itself is even a conscious or a consciousness or forms a consciousness um, itself and wants to live. It, it has its own agenda and, um, and we give it agency by re-entertaining our traumas and uh, traumas can be as, you know, as something even small, 
but enough to keep us distracted. I mean, it, it, you know, the very habit of say now picking up your phone and and looking at all of the uh, social medias so you don't actually want to face this conversation is is is, is potentially a, a version of that. So, yeah, I don't know. I've got to really think about things a bit more now. That's 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 a really uh, thought provoking and and enjoyable conversation. So I hope you enjoyed it, and I look forward to you listening on the next episode. If you have anything. Um, that you'd love to share on the show that's um, related to um, consciousness, conscious, conscious evolution, um, alternative healing methods, get in contact with me, supernormalized at proton.me. I look forward to you coming and listening on the next episode. All right. Bye for now.